Earlier today in the cipher, I asked the question, if you could pick an all-time starting five that you would roll with through any era, who would you choose? And here are some of the Facebook responses. H chose Iverson, Jordan, LeBron, and Duncan in the dream. I think the dream and Duncan would dominate the boards. LeBron and Jordan would just dominate the perimeter players, and there's no way I'd lose because who could guard AI? Jason Yaus went with... I'm rolling with Oscar Robertson, Pete Maravich, Jordan, LeBron James, and Will. Caesar Gator said, I'll do AI, Jordan, Pippen, Duncan, and Shaq. Interesting choice. Dion said, I choose Magic, Jordan, Bird, Mikael, Olajuwon, and let me have KJ coming off the bench. That's an interesting guy coming off the bench. I like the KJ pick. Aaron Harris went with Kyrie, Jordan, Bird, Duncan, and Shaq. They went along. That's a big lineup. And Patrick Rush, good sense of humor. He chose Doc, Jordan, Bird, James, and Tree Rollins. All right, man, Tree Rollins. Jason Yao said, why is everybody picking Magic? How good would he be in the current NBA? Magic was only a 30% career three-point shooter. My response to that is, that's the fool's goal that the TV pundits fall into, assuming a great player won't maximize his strengths versus a perception of weakness. Think about this. Magic was only a career 30% shooter from three, but he did shoot 52% inside the arc. And that was in a much more physical era when defenders could ride you with the forearm. And I'm not trying to bag on any particular player, but take Draymond Green. Just from an offensive standpoint, Everything Draymond does, Magic can do better. And Magic actually has a post game, unlike Draymond. Magic can also play all five spots effectively offensively. I'm not against three ball. I'm not. And I respect what it's done for the game in the sense that it's spaced the floor and just opened the game up. But I will say this. In this current era, when they do allow any kind of physical play, a lot of those great three-point shooters, they disappeared. Having said that, getting back to <laughs> the starting fives. Magic Johnson is a once-in-a-generational type player, says Jason. I know it sounded like I was criticizing him. I'm just saying that the three-ball is favored so much that it seems like he wouldn't be as effective. It's a fair point. It really is, Jason. And look, even in his era... Everybody has a flaw. If Magic had a weak a weakness, he wasn't a great defender, and he struggled with smaller, quicker point guards. So I totally understand what you're saying, and I respect your opinion. All I'm saying is, certain guys are literally transcendent players, and I believe Magic to be one of those guys. And if you're a transcendent player, if you're a Magic or a Jordan, and you're not known for shooting the three at a high percentage, you're transcendent. I'm either guessing you're going to find a way to be better at shooting the three or you're going to maximize your strengths. Magic's strength was he could get points and he could get buckets for other people's and himself in the open floor or he could post up. Jordan's strength was his ability to blow by you and not just dunk on you, but make a highlight reel on you and your teammate. Not to mention that mid-range jump shot was wet. Then you factor in his post ability. Michael Jordan had an incredible post game.
And when you're a guy that can get to the foul line eight to nine times a game, that's another way to generate offense. Mind you, that was in a more physical era. In this current NBA era, where a guy like Russ or Harden can get to the foul line 12 times a game, DeRozan can get there 10 times a game, how many times a game would Michael Jordan get to the free throw lines? How long would Bulls games be? Finn says, I saw a show where the guy showed the facts that Michael Jordan shot under 20% from three five times. Just for the record, Finn, I saw that Colin Cowherd episode too. And if you know anything about Colin Cowherd, LeBron can do no wrong and Michael can do no right. And just so we're keeping it 100 and not fall into one of those straw man arguments, right, the first four years of Michael Jordan's career, he shot under 20% from three. He also averaged less than one field goal attempt per game Those are in terms of three-point shots. He averaged less than one shot per game those first four years, which I understand if you can attack the basket and kill people in the mid-range and shoot over 53%. So I understand that. And again, later in his career at age 38, he shot 20%. I'm not going to argue with Colin Cowherd over those numbers, but what I would say is it's a straw man argument. He's coming from a different era. At, at his highest in terms of field goal attempts in his career, Michael Jordan never took more than three three-point shots per game. And that was back in 96, 97. He took 3.6 three-point shots per game. And he shot 37%. At the end of the day, you're right. For his career, it is a factual statement that Michael Jordan shot 32%. From three, but if you're going to be that caught up in numbers and you play the straw man game, a lot of people the perception is Kobe is a much better three point shooter than Jordan. He had much more range. A lot of people think, but your resume is your resume for his career. Kobe shoots 32 percent from three. So again, numbers don't lie, but go inside those numbers. There's other factors to get you where some of these straw man arguments are going in terms of error and actual field goal attempts. And I'm saying this as a diehard Laker fan. So this isn't Kobe hate or Jordan love. This is just me being objective. I don't think you have to tear down or try to tear down one great player to prop up another. That's not my thing. I'm going to call it like I see it. And I'm going to be objective on all players, whether they're my favorite or my least favorite. I'm going to only judge them on what they do on the floor. And at the end of the day, all-time starting fives are like, who's your top five all-time player? Or who's the GOAT? Or who's the greatest team of all time? We all have different opinions, and that's okay. That's the fun of it when you're a fan of this league and of the game. So while you may think the best five ever would be Bill Russell and Kuzi and, and, and Havlicek and Pistol Pete in the Big O, and I have no problem with that. I res I would respect someone putting out that lineup. There's nothing wrong with that. What I am talking about, I guess, or what I'm looking for is, who do you see as a transcendent player? And if you're telling me you think Pistol Pete was, I've heard enough about him over the years that he probably was. If you're saying Oscar Robertson was, I'm not going to argue with you. Or Bill Russell, again, opinions vary, but that's the whole point of having these discussions and putting out this content. I want to hear from everybody. Getting back to some of your Facebook questions, 
Jeff B says, do you think this is the season that Giannis leaves the Bucks on a deep playoff run? And is Chris Middleton a legit second option? I think Chris Middleton is an absolute legit second option. I think Chris Middleton is actually very underrated. Here's a guy that can give you 20 and 5 on a consistent basis. I think he can actually score more, and he's actually one of the better perimeter defenders. At the end of the day, though, the Bucks are only going to go as far as Giannis can carry them. I will say this, though. For the Bucks to make a deep run, they're going to need a third guy to step up. They're going to need another scorer to be consistent night in and night out, more importantly in the playoffs. And that guy has got to be Eric Bledsoe. The question is, can Eric Bledsoe do that on a consistent basis? And so far, he hasn't proven he could do so. CB asks, Celtics are actually, CB says the Celtics are a lock to win. They're a lock. You know it. If they stay healthy, there's no way anybody can beat Boston in the East or in the West. I'll say this. Because of their depth, because of their talent, and especially their returning talent, you're adding Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, a healthy Kyrie and Hayward, to a team that has Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. Those that lineup, and then you factor in that depth. Jalen Brown made a statement earlier that it's a lock that the Celtics are going to be in the finals. And he has every right to be that confident. The question is, is Brad Stevens going to be able to find enough time? in terms of playing time for all these talented players. That might be the only problem the Celtics have, finding playing time for everybody. Brandon says, with, Bran- with Braun out the West and Kawhi on the Raptors, I think the baby dinos grow up. That's probably the biggest reason why DeMar DeRozan was so upset that he was moved. He loves Toronto, but I also think he recognizes with LeBron being out of the East, that the Raptors more than ever had a great chance, a great opportunity to come out of the Eastern Conference. And with him being traded and Kawhi coming in, the assumption is the Raptors will be a better team because Kawhi is a better player. I think Kawhi is a better all-around player. I think he's a more efficient player. It's going to be interesting, though, because chemistry is a key thing. Never underestimate that. It's going to be interesting to see how Kawhi fits in with the Raptors. Because the one thing DeRozan was absolutely better than Kawhi at, and that's not to be questioned, is he was much better than him off the dribble. Kawhi has improved with his handle, but he's not as good off the dribble as DeRozan is. DeRozan could attack the rim with the best of them. I think DeRozan got to the free throw line. Over the last three years, he got to the free throw line eight to ten times a game because of his ability to take you off the bounce. Baby Bro says, y'all must be smoking because Simmons and Embiid will be a year better and Fultz in Philly is a problem. I didn't quite get that. I think what you're trying to say is Markel Fultz, if he gets his head right, Philly will be a problem. I agree with that if that's what you were trying to say. Ren says, love your insight even when we disagree. Do you really think the Lakers will make the playoffs? I do. I really think the the Lakers will make the playoffs. This was a 35-win team last year with Lonzo missing 30 games 
and Brandon Ingram missing over 20 games. And you're adding LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, along with some capable role players. And you have ascending players coming back with Ingram, Kuzma, and hopefully Alonzo will approve on that jump shot. So I expect the Lakers to absolutely make the play, not just make the playoffs, because when you say that, it seems like they'll just barely squeak in at like the eighth spot. I think the Lakers are going to be a solid fourth or fifth seed in the West. It would shock me if they don't finish that high. Ariel says, you're a Laker fan, but I haven't seen or heard you make any comments on the LeBron Kobe situation. Um, Here's the thing. I'm a Laker fan, but I'm a fan of the game first overall. And even though I I get where some people want to make an issue of LeBron and Kobe, I don't get that. I don't understand that. Kobe's retired. He doesn't play anymore. I get that the Lakers and L.A. is his town, and it'll always be his town. I don't think LeBron's going there to try to replace Kobe. I think LeBron's going there trying to win championships to add to his legacy. Kobe's legacy is what it is. It's written in stone. It's not like he's going to add to it. So I'm not sure why there's any kind of like, I don't know, discrepancy or some kind of argument or, or there, there seems to be trying to make a rift between LeBron fans and Kobe fans. At the end of the day, if you're a Laker fan, if you're a true Laker fan, then you root for LeBron's success because LeBron's success will be the Lakers' success. Now, if you're a Kobe fan, then I guess it doesn't really matter to you how well the Lakers plays because Kobe's no longer a Laker. I'm a Laker fan. I didn't grow. I, that's just who I am. So I want LeBron to do well. I want Lonzo to do well. I want the Lakers to do well. So, no, I haven't made comments on it until now. And my comment is, to me, this issue is a non-issue. I think it, it comes from sports pundits and other people who realize that sometimes it's a slow news week and they need something to talk about. LeBron James is a current NBA player. Kobe's a great all-time great, but he's a former NBA player. In the discussion for me. DJ asks, I love talking sports, or he says, I love talking sports and listening to people talk about sports, and you have some good insights on the NBA. Um, but do you talk about anything other than sports? You know what? I think just like how athletes evolve, I think this show's going to evolve. The content and the things that I'm putting out will evolve. I mean, I'm going to always talk about sports first and foremost, but would I like to talk music or hip-hop or get into a conversation about the different TV shows I watch? Sure, I, I could have a conversation about um, the Marvel Universe. I could have a conversation about the Arrowverse. I just got through watching season one of this show called Impulse, and it's a pretty intense show, but it's surprisingly well-acted and well-written. I just started watching a show called Love Is, which nine times out of ten, just on the title, I'd be like, eh, not really feeling it. But you know what? It's actually a really good show. And if you watch it, you're going to watch it and realize, like, wow, I know somebody like this guy. I know somebody like this girl. I mean, it's that well written. So, sure, we could talk movies. We could talk TV shows. I'm getting back into this show called Absentia, which is a really intense show. Well acted, but it's a great show. And probably the most intense show, the the the, the just most grimy, hardest-hitting show on TV is this show called, if you're not watching it already, it's called Wentworth. So no doubt, we can get into a lot of things other than sports and have some fun, and I'm with that. 
If you have some questions, again, get that Anchor app, download it, and use that the ability to put some voice messages out there. I'll respond to it. I can even put your voice messages on the show. That's how much fun I'll have doing. I like doing stuff like that. That's the whole point about communicating. We can do that, or you can just keep hitting me back with the Facebook comments. I appreciate all the love. It's the Cypher. One.